Hello. I'm Chris Lingle. We're here at Donkey Fish Studios in Austin, Texas, and you are now in the storm. Again, it's a special wartime edition of the storm. We are at war. Uh, whether anybody wants to believe it or not, what's going on in Ukraine has worldwide impact, and we're going to get to that in just a minute. Uh, sorry to say, I got to start the storm out on a bit of a sad note. Cupcake, my little 16-year-old chihuahua, she went out on her little last excursion last week. Uh, she was a roamer. She was always a roamer. She gave everybody so much hell. I can remember being at our apartment complex in Columbus, and she took over the walking trail from one end of our building that had 16 apartment com apartments in it to the other end and the little walking trail in front of the pond. She gave everybody hell that walked by her, in by her, whatever. She let them know it was her territory. She was it. She'd run over the other side of the pond. She's always been a roamer. She died roaming. Uh, don't worry. She went out. She didn't come back, but we went out. We found her. So she's good. Um, she's up in some good company now. And um, uh, roam on, old girl. Daddy misses you. Love you much. Um, now, on to some happier thoughts. My cousin Doug celebrated his birthday today. Doug is a staunch supporter of the storm. Um, uh, he shares it religiously, especially with people that it pisses off. So you got to love that, Doug. Happy birthday. Um, hats off to you. Keep bringing others into the storm. Also, a good friend of mine, Terry, uh, went to high school with her. She's in God's country in South Carolina. She celebrated her birthday as well today. Uh, also, uh, a storm chaser. She's been one like Doug since episode one. So thanks a lot, Terry. Appreciate your support. Appreciate all your support. And uh, thanks for steering folks into the storm. Uh, now, let's you and I steer into the storm tonight. Gosh, we got a lot of talked about a lot of a lot to talk about. The news writes itself these days. Unfortunately, it's not good news either. Um. The war in Ukraine, it's despicable. Uh, I can't believe, again, in this day and age, this time, that we're even talking about this. Uh, it mystifies me. It's abhorrent that we think sanctions are going to stop Vlad the Mad. Anyway, uh, let's look at a little bit of history of Ukraine and Vlad the Mad and his behavior over the last, say, 20 years or so. Um, uh, Ukraine, they had a huge nuclear arsenal, 1,600 nuclear warheads, I believe. Um, uh, they, they were left there after the breakup of the Soviet Union. Ukraine, of course, was a, 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 it bordered um, several NATO countries. So obviously it would make sense to have a large nuclear arsenal there if you were Russia. Um, uh, they were left there after the breakup of the Soviet Union. Um, Russia, of course, deployed a large nuclear, nuclear arsenal to reinforce the threat of mutually assured destruction to all of us here in the West. Uh, 1994, Ukraine signed the Budapest Memorandum, uh, delivered their nuclear stockpile to Russia. They didn't want to do it. Uh, they were somewhat pressured by Clinton administration uh, and, and Al Gore and the rest of the folks in NATO uh, to surrender the stockpile to Russia. So they did stay all, all, all for a peace treaty and a guarantee not to be invaded, that they would they would remain sovereign, they'd, they'd retain their sovereign territory as Ukraine. Um, who guaranteed this, you might ask? Well, we did. The United States, NATO guaranteed it. Um, uh, Russia guaranteed it as well, but that's obviously out the proverbial window. Um, who was president that was putting pressure on Ukraine? As I said, it was Bill Clinton. Slick, 
Willie. Now, we say it wasn't a guarantee. It was a condition. It was a political commitment or some other semantical word soup that helps these people sleep better at night. Now Russia is invading Ukraine. Uh, This is what happens when you give up your ability to defend yourself. Think about that in the context of your Second Amendment rights, of course. This is that on a nuclear scale. But this is what happens when you give up the right to defend yourself, uh, especially against a bully like Putin. Uh, Ukraine had the third largest stockpile of nuclear weapons in the world until they signed the Budapest Memorandum. Interestingly enough, they had physical control of the weapons, but Russia maintained uh, the keys that, that could launch the weapons. And those codes were were controlled by some other system in Russia, and the ultimate control was not maintained by the Ukraine. Uh, Belarus, they had a few mobile missile launchers. Uh, Kazakhstan, they sent their nuclear warheads and missiles to Russia jiffy quick and without any question at all. So let's go back to 1991 for a second. On 23 May uh, 1992, I'm sorry, Russia, the U.S., Belarus, Kazakhstan, and the Ukraine signed the Lisbon Protocol to the START-1 Treaty Uh, ahead of ratifying um, uh, the treaty later. Uh, However, the terms of the transfer of of the nuclear warheads were not agreed upon, and some Ukrainian officials started to discuss the possibility of retaining some of the more modern nuclear weapons in the arsenal. Later in 1993, the Ukrainian and Russian governments signed a series of bilateral agreements giving up Ukraine claims to the nuclear weapons as well as the, enti- as well as the entire Black Sea fleet. Now, they also got uh, $2.5 billion in gas and oil debt cancellation and future supplies of fuel for its nuclear power reactors. Uh, Ukraine agreed to ratify the START-1 and NPT treaties promptly, uh, caused severe public criticism. Ukrainian Defense Minister uh, Morozov uh, resigned. Uh, Rada passed a motion agreeing to start one, but renounced the Lisbon Protocol, suggesting that Ukraine would only decommission 36% of its missile launchers and 42% of the warheads on its territory, and demanded financial compensation for the tactical nuclear weapons removed in 1992. Uh, this caused a, a little U.S. diplomatic consternation, to say the least, um, and um, that of the president of Ukraine as well. He wanted the nukes out of there. Uh, on 15 December 1993, U.S. Vice President Al Gore visited Moscow. Following side discussions, a U.S. and Russian delegation, including U.S. De- Deputy Secretary of Defense William Cherry Perry, He flew to the Ukraine to agree to the outlines of a trilateral agreement, including U.S. assistance in dismantling the nuclear systems in Ukraine and compensation for the uranium uh, in those nuclear warheads. All looked great. Trilateral agreement was going to be signed in Moscow. President Clinton made a courtesy stop at Kiev on his way to Moscow for the trilateral statement signing. Well, only to discover that Ukraine was having second thoughts about the signing. Uh, Clinton told uh, Kravchuk not signing would risk major damage to the U.S.-Ukraine relations. After some minor rewording, the trilateral statement was signed by the three presidents in Moscow in front of the media on 14 January 1994. Since then, Putin has been an aggressor a number of times in his efforts to build back better. 2014, he annexes Crimea. Now he controls the Kerch Strait and access to and from the Black Sea. 
excuse me, after the annexation of Crimea, Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, the UK, and us, we started that. We stated that uh, Russian involvement was a breach of the Budapest Memorandum uh, and their obligations to the Ukraine. On March fourth, uh, Vlad the Mad replied, describing the current Ukrainian situation as a revolution. There are people who want the Crimea to be a part of Russia. Well, sounds familiar, right? Anyway. Putin says a new state arises, but with this state and in respect to this state, we have not signed any obligatory documents. Uh, Russia stated that, that it had never been under obligation to force any part of Ukraine's civilian population to stay in Ukraine against its will, as if he is invading Ukraine because several million Ukrainians are fleeing a tyrannical Ukrainian regime to head for Russia. Well, they're heading for Poland and anywhere else they can get out of, but not Russia. 2018, the Kurt Strait incident. As I said, they now have control of the entrance to and from the Black Sea. Uh, it's a narrow little waterway. It's a choke point between the Crimea, Crimea and Mother Russia. Uh, the Kurt Strait incident occurred on 25 November 2018, of course, in the Kurt Strait. Uh, Russian Federal Security Service, the FSB Coast Guard, fired upon and captured three Ukrainian Navy vessels as they attempted to move from the Black Sea into the Sea of Azov through the Strait on their way to the port of Maripol. Uh, this is significant in that it was the first time Russia had openly engaged Ukrainian troops. That was back in 2018. Um, uh, I'm sorry, Ukrainian forces. They weren't troops. It was naval vessels. So there you go. 27 November 2018, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of Ukraine appealed to the signatory states of the Budapest Memorandum to hold urgent consultations to ensure full compliance with the memorandum's commitments and the immediate cessation of Russian aggression against Ukraine. This once again, fell on deaf ears, as it seems to be now, with the exception of everybody is busting their butt to get stuff in there, but it's a little too little, a little too late. Anyway, same semantics are now being played out. Putin slaughters innocents in Ukraine in his quest to reconstitute the Soviet Union and possibly to expand it. Tuesday, March 8th, we are still buying oil from Putin. Well, technically we aren't now, but we bought a lot yesterday. Um, uh, I was waiting on POTUS to address the nation as I prepared uh, for the show today as I was writing some of the scripting. So um, I was saying maybe he'll finally sanction the energy sector. Uh, we're not cranking up any new wells. We're still not talking about Keystone, no matter what Biden said today in his presser. Um, uh, we're talking about sanctioning Russia's energy sector, which we finally did today. Europe still buys oil at $130 a barrel. Um, uh, as I said, uh, Biden did ban the purchase of Russian oil today, said we wouldn't even unload it off of any boats if it came from Russia. Uh, awesome. Should have done that two weeks ago, but uh, I guess better late than never. I suppose if you're not having shells rain down on you, all day long. Uh, of course, he blamed all of the price increases for our energy here in America on the war in Ukraine. He did not waste any time doing that. We'll get to that in a minute. War is raging in Ukraine. Ukrainians are being slaughtered. 
and we are buying the bullets. Uh, we bought $100 million worth of Putin's oil just yesterday. Europe is also still buying oil from Russia, as I said earlier. Europe could be buying oil from us uh, or any number of other people. Uh, we could be sending huge amounts of liquefied natural gas to Europe instead of them relying on the Russians for that LNG. Uh, we can't supply it. Why can't we supply it? Well, regulations here have prevented the building of the infrastructure and the LNG terminals that would allow us to send that liquefied natural gas over to Europe right now when they desperately need it. I'm not sure if it was to save a turtle or a salamander, but somebody decided they didn't need to be built, so here we are. That was the infrastructure necessary to distribute all of this liquefied natural gas that lies within massive pockets of natural gas within our own country. Uh, pipelines from Canada could be pumping a nearly never-ending supply of shale oil from the Western Canadian sedimentary basin to Texas and Louisiana for refinement and distribution to U.S. gas tanks and other gas tanks abroad. Um, the Western Canadian sedimentary basin, well, the WCSB is a massive sedimentary basin. It lies under over half a million square miles of Western Canada. The WCSB contains one of the world's largest reserves of petroleum and also one of the world's largest reserves of natural gas. It has a huge pocket of coal as well. Um, it, it produces more than 16 billion cubic feet per day of gas, and that was in 2000. Uh, as I said, it has huge reserves of coal underneath it as well. Alberta has the most oil and gas reserves and almost all of the oil sands of all of the territories in Canada that lie over the basin. Western Canada's four major crude export pipelines, somebody asked me to look this up at work, so I decided to do it. Uh, they're the Inbridge Canadian Mainline, the Keystone Pipeline, the Trans Mountain Pipeline, and the Express Pipeline. Yes, you heard that right, the Keystone Pipeline, phase one. The combined capacity, capacity of these four pipelines make up 96% of all takeaway from the basin I described to you just a minute ago. Um, the Keystone XL Pipeline Phase 2, um, it would transport crude extracted from tar sands in Alberta and shale oil from North Dakota, Montana, and Nebraska. Um, as I said, Phase 1 of Keystone is actually complete and I believe is still operational. It was completed in June of 2010 and was delivering oil from Hardesty, Alberta, over 2,147 miles to the junction at Steel City, Nebraska, and on to Wood River Refinery in Roxana, Illinois, and Potoka Oil Terminal Hub north of Potoka, Illinois. Uh, we were energy dependent 14 months ago. We were building, finishing phase two of the Keystone Pipeline. Now we nearly import, uh, we import nearly a million barrels a day from Russia, four million barrels a day from Canada. Mexico, Mexico provides us with around a million barrels a day also. Uh, Russia's around 26 million barrels a month up until today when the president made his announcement. Um, now, we now produce 1.5 million barrels a day less than we did in 2019. Uh, Biden told everyone he hated fossil fuels, wanted to eliminate most of their use for Americans on the highway and other places. Um, so uh, we're going to get to that in a little bit more detail in a little while. But what do we do for the people in Ukraine? They need air support. 
Um, they're, they're dying now. More of them are going to die. The president and his family are probably going to be slaughtered if we don't do something about this. They need a no-fly zone. They need the rest of the world to step up. And I know Putin has those pesky little nuclear weapons. Uh, and here's what Putin has to say to the rest of us. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, the message was anyone, including the United States, who interferes with his plans in Ukraine uh, would see retaliation of the likes that we have never seen before. Uh, sounds like a nuclear threat to me, especially since he placed his nuclear forces on high alert immediately after issuing that statement. Uh, he knows we won't fart if we're faced with a nuclear threat. Who would? Personally, I think he's just as scared as anyone else is lighting off a nuclear war. Um, maybe not as scared. He is, after all, insane uh, and a crazy man. Uh, point is, he's got to make us believe uh, that he will. Uh, the flip side of that is we have to make him believe that we will retaliate in kind and then some. Um, I don't think he believes that. Do you think he believes we'll retaliate in kind and then some? Do you think he believes in mutually assured destruction right now? I don't think he believes he's going to be destroyed. Hell, up until today, we wouldn't even cut off his ability to sell oil. I guess that million a year Hunter got paid might have been worth it after all. For four years, all we heard was Russian collusion. Well, I think we're figuring out who's been doing the colluding. Um, I know it was the Ukraine paying Hunter, but it was Russian oligarchs. Uh, uh, China was paying Hunter too, weren't they? But I digress. I don't want to get into that. That's another show in another time. Nancy Pelosi, of all people, even thinks we should have cut oil off, uh, uh, cut Putin's ability to sell oil off as well. She said so a couple days ago when she was jamming a, a bill through Congress with Joe Manchin to make it happen. Uh, uh, unbelievable. Um, they want to ban a lot more than that, too. We all should. I'm not sure what exactly we're doing here. Um, anyway, that's the only reason Biden made his announcement today. He wasn't going to be upstaged by Pelosi and Congress. He's the one who made the decision. Well, he wasn't. The rest of us has decided you needed to do it a long time ago. You just finally acquiesced to the American people. Uh, it is, after all, an election year. America is, or at least they used to be, the beacon of hope, liberty, and independence for the rest of the world. Uh, the last bastion of freedom on the planet. Uh, as we've been throwing our freedoms away for the last two years, we really need to look at the way the Ukrainians are fighting for their freedoms. Every last one of them, including the freedom to have their own home and have water and power. Oh, it's, it's devastating. It's unbelievable, as I keep saying in this day and age. I cannot believe that it's happening. Um, uh, we've been throwing away our freedoms. Uh, we need to pay attention to the Ukraine. Um, as you give up freedoms, uh, you're never going to get them back. Uh, they're fighting a true aggressor. Uh, two million Ukrainian refugees across the border or headed for the border, um, displaced as of today. Uh, they're being inv invaded by a madman intent on reconstituting the Soviet Union by any means necessary. And as evidenced, he, he, he intends to use any military means at his disposal. As we speak, Putin is discussing using tactical nuclear warheads in this war as some kind of escalation 
to de-escalate, as the news put it today. Um, uh, uh, he's threatened all of us, the rest of us, with nuclear retaliation if we do anything to stop him. What, where does that leave us exactly? Um, uh, we've been told to sit here on our hands while he conquers like Alexander the Great. It's actually more like Genghis Khan. Um, uh, it's not 350 B.C. anymore. I just didn't think we did that sort of thing anymore. Um, what's going to happen when he conquers Ukraine? How are we going to respond when the president and his family are slaughtered? What are we going to do when he lines up Rada, uh, the Ukrainian version of our Congress, and he slaughters them? What are we going to do when he slaughters the Ukrainian generals? Uh, what on earth are we going to do when he invades Poland? Do you think he's going to stop with the Ukraine? I don't know. I don't know. And I'm not willing to drag the United States into this war. And I'm not saying that's what we should do. It seems like that's what somebody should do. But I, I, I don't know. And if I was in charge, we'd have probably done something two weeks ago. And that's why I'm not in charge. Um, what are we going to do when he invades Greece? You think he doesn't want a Mediterranean port? I bet he does. I would if I was him. Um, I'll give you a list of the countries I'll think he invade, uh, and I'll, I'll give them to, to you in the order in which I think he'll invade them. Uh, you tell me which one will be the trigger for air support, which one will be the trigger to go in and stop this madman from advancing any further. Which one? He'll start with Poland. Poland borders Germany. Uh, he's been pissed since they tore down the wall. He was KGB. He hated it then. He hates it now. Um, um, he's a madman. Should we risk pissing him off over Poland? It's a long way from here. Putin has nukes. He could launch them. Is Poland going to be the trigger where we stop him? He'll turn right then. He'll head north from there into Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia, further reconstituting the old Russian motherland, the USSR and then some. Why wouldn't he? He already has Belarus in his back pocket. They're already letting him stage weapons and munitions and troops to invade the Ukraine. Why won't they let him stay there so he can invade the Baltic states again? Um, uh, this move gives him a little more unfettered access to the Baltic Sea. Uh, will this be what makes us stop his unbelievable atrocities? Most Americans, they don't even know where these places are. Look them up. They're cold, they're dreary, but people live there, and that's their home. And they don't want to be ruled by Mother Russia, but he'll take them so he can have all this access to prepare for what he wants to do next. After that, why would you not take Finland? Why wouldn't you take Sweden? Why wouldn't you take Norway? Uh, gives him the Gulf of Bothnia. Uh, gives him the entire Norwegian Sea and the entire North Sea. How about now? He could launch nukes. Should you stop him now? Then, in his never-ending quest to build back better, he'll take Slovakia, he'll take Hungary, he'll take Romania, and he'll take Slovenia. Then it's Croatia, Albania, and Bulgaria. Um, hopefully, Maybe he'll stop there. Maybe. Do you think? Um, this would be the Soviet Union he once had and then some. 
You think he'll stop there? Well, if we've issued no response up until now, why on God's green earth would he? Uh, How many people will perish by then? Will this be the trigger? Will this be when we put our big boy pants on and establish a world coalition with the entire free world on board? Will this be when we decide to do the right thing? I'm not saying the right thing's going in there. Guns are blazing into Ukraine right now, as I've said before. I don't know what the right thing is. But what we're doing right now is not the right thing. If you watch the TV and what these people are going through, this is not the right thing. Uh, The only thing left after what I've just described, um, and I'll give you this in the order he'll invade them too, the only thing left after that is freedom. The armies of darkness will have taken the entire planet except for China. And these free countries that are left, again, I'll list them in order of invasion. Germany, Austria, France, Italy, Spain, Great Britain, Great Britain, and the United States. I left out Japan on purpose. China will mop them up, as they will. I left out India, and I left out Africa. But China will mop up the Pacific Theater, and they'll mop up Japan along with it. They'll probably back the hell out of Iran and let them thump India in the skull a couple times and see if they surrender their nuclear weapons. Who knows? And I don't know if any of this is going to happen. It's all, of course, hypothetical. But with Vlad the Mad, you just don't know. Putin is telling his people he's fighting an enemy, fighting them. Uh... He's acting like there's some kind of revolution in the Ukraine, that everybody wants to join the Soviet Union, and and he needs to get them out of there, and he needs to take that country. He's threatening these people with nuclear weapons. Ukraine doesn't have nukes. They haven't since 1994 when they gave them up with assurances that they wouldn't be invaded. Um, He's shutting down TV stations and radio stations. He's taking over the media in Russia. He's filling them full of disinformation and propaganda. He's telling little school children that this is some sort of liberation mission by making them watch videos that say just as much. Uh, He's targeting civilians. He's telling his people this is a war of liberation and everything is going to plan. His trucks are bogged down because Russia doesn't have spare parts. Excuse me. And those trucks, his military is in more of a state of disrepair than he thought they were. Um, Well, he'll just adopt the same siege strategy he has in several other places he's done things in. Um, Just lob in artillery in these cities and run the people out, run them for the border. Then you can just waltz in and take the cities because everybody's left. Uh, He's planning exponentially more cyber attacks on the United States waging cyber war on our networks and, of course, on the networks in Ukraine and Europe. Uh, Videos of Zelensky surrendering, well, those are false. It's more propaganda by his propaganda machine. Putin has taken control of the media in his own country as well as that in the Ukraine. That's how you keep people in check, control of the media. Doesn't that sound familiar? Um, Putin thinks the West did not respect Russia enough after the fall of the Soviet Union. He feels like he needs to do this to put Russia back on top. It really is that simple. The guy really is that big of an egomaniac, I assure you. He's been playing in this for 20 years, probably 40, and he wants to reconstitute the, uh, the USSR by any means and any military means at his disposal. 
Oh, that's good water. Um, how are we responding to all this? Well, sanctions. <clears throat> sanctions. Some people are talking about sending some A-10s over there. I'm not sure who. I heard it. I laughed because I talked about it last, last week on the episode. Uh, they're not sending A-10s over there. Poland offered up some MiG-29s. Uh, they apparently have some spares. They've offered them up to the Ukrainian people. Um, that'd be great. I believe the Ukrainians probably know how to fly them. They can probably get over the, the language barrier from the controls being in Polish and things of that nature. So it would be a welcome asset. However... Poland doesn't want them coming across Polish airspace into the Ukraine. So they want to send them to Ramstein, which is one of our air bases in Germany. And um, uh, they can fly them in from there or we can get them in. And then that way, when one of them shoots down uh, a Russian MiG or another Russian aircraft, then Putin can just decide that that's interference. And, well, he can do whatever he wants to then or whatever he's threatened to, whatever he's probably going to do at some point anyway, but I digress. Um, um, uh, given these MiGs to, from Poland, it'll be talked about. It'll be batted around. It won't happen. And that 40-mile convoy outside of Kiev won't be strafed, and uh, Putin will continue his assault from three sides into Kiev, and he will take that city, and he will slaughter the people left there, and he will slaughter, slaughter Rada, um, he will slaughter the president and his family, and he'll slaughter the generals too. He's already cut off power. He's already cut off water. I don't know if he's done it in Kiev, but he's done it in a couple other towns. Um, uh, he doesn't care. He's going to starve these people. He's going to deny them water. He's going to deny them power. And he, he's, he's, he's just going to beat them into the ground until they, until they um, submit. Um, Experts were talking last week about Putin being satisfied with the eastern Ukraine. Well, they're not talking about that anymore. They're talking about him taking the whole country. The smart experts are talking about what he has in mind next and wondering whether he is going to invade Poland. Uh, Russia has been excluded from the Paralympic uh, Committee. Maybe this is what stalled the convoy outside of Kiev. I don't think so. Uh, no Russian Grand Prix. I'd be willing to bet this is not high on Putin's punch list either. Um, he doesn't care about these things. It's beautiful symbolism, but it's not doing a damn thing to help the people of Ukraine. Putin still sells oil at $130 a barrel now. Still selling it to Europe. Still selling it all over the place. You can bet your ass he's selling it to China. We're not doing anything to cut off his money flow. Bullets and missiles are being financed by that oil, and we're not doing anything to cut it off. While are cutting it off to the United States, I love it. It's symbolic, but everybody's got to stop buying it. What about China? Are you going to place ever-increasing tariffs on China and shut down their economy as well if they continue to back Russia? We'll get into that in a little while, too. Um, uh, talking about the need for oil. In the Rahm Emanuel tradition of never letting a crisis going to waste, we are talking to Iran to restart the nuclear deal from Iran uh, and buy oil from Iran. Biden would rather buy oil from Iran than drill it here or continue construction on the Keystone Pipeline in our quest for energy independence. He will not do anything to get us back to energy independence. Yeah, he'll go begging. 
hat in hand to anyone who will listen, to anyone who, who will produce more oil and sell it to him. It's ridiculous. Why not give another tyrannical regime our money for their oil? Sleepy Joe, buying oil from Ayatollah the rock and roller instead of Vlad the mad is certainly not the answer. The Ayatollah has promised to wipe Israel off the map. Yeah, let's finance that. There's one purpose for a nuclear reactor in Iran, and that's to produce fissile material for nuclear weapons. Make no mistake about it. Why don't you help them build a few breeder reactors? You can trade them centrifuges for oil. See how it works out for you. It's not going to work out well. Trump knew it. You need to understand it and get away from those people. Biden, he's also heading to Venezuela. Once again, hat in hand, this time to Nicolas Maduro, someone we don't even recognize officially as a leader in Venezuela. Uh, he's going to beg for oil, going to beg that they produce more oil in Venezuela and send it to us. He told us all a few days ago to buy American. Well, I'm guessing he didn't mean American oil because apparently he's begging everyone else to sell it to him rather than buy it from Texas or other states in the United States, <laughs> cranking up oil wells here and getting it done. Uh, he'll buy it from Iran. He'll buy it from Venezuela. He'll buy it from anyone to, who will sell it to him. Uh, I guess that oil burns cleaner than ours. You think? No. It doesn't burn cleaner than ours, and they don't produce it cleaner than we do. Uh, better for the environment? Nah. We'll get into that in a couple minutes. Our very own Secretary of Energy said we must continue to buy Russian oil so we can transition from fossil fuels. Sounds great. Not going to happen. We're not ready for it. Get into that in a minute, too. Senator Maisie Hirono of Hawaii, an island state completely dependent on others for everything, says we need environmental justice, not pipelines. You morons need to be exploring every inch of America for any drop of oil you can find there and squeezing it out of the ground to get rid of our energy independence on Russia or anybody else in the world for that matter. Get an op Find the opportunities to produce our own oil. Let's get to energy independence again. America needs to be a leader in energy production. We don't need to trail. Gasoline. $4.17 a gallon on average today in the United States of America. I think I paid $3.89 a gallon here in Austin to fill up on my way to the show tonight. Um, it's an increase of 56 cents per gallon in a week with no end in increases in sight. Uh, $128 a barrel for light, sweet, crude today. That's up $9 a barrel today alone. 11 cents a gallon today for your gas alone. Uh, uh, the, the, the price per barrel was a 7.5% increase today alone. Biden's first day in office, they were pushing, getting rid of fossil fuels. They're pushing zero emissions, and they're still pushing it on the news today in the midst of this mess. We're still buying Russian oil, or we were yesterday, so the supply, the supply has never diminished. Um, your price for oil today at the pump has almost nothing to do with the war in Ukraine. It's been on its way up 
since Biden's first day in office. It was $2 a gallon in December of 2019. Um, uh, uh, Biden, from his first day in office, reduced production of American oil. The Biden administration simply decided to import more oil, more oil from foreign countries rather than produce it here, rather than have the jobs here and the revenue stream here and the prosperity here. Uh, his administration decided to cut production and buy from other sources. And now he's begging other sources to produce more oil so he can keep the flow during an election year and we won't have to pay more for oil. Well, you wouldn't have to pay more if you crank up production here, but we'll, everybody knows this. We had energy independence under the horrible orange man with his mean tweets and putting America first nonsense. All this domestic oil production produced the jobs and the inexpensive cost of living, gosh darn it. Energy independence can't be good for the Green New Deal. We must lose the bad orange man and get rid of all of his old evil ways. We all know that $1.50 a gallon gas is not going to run people scurrying up to the Tesla dealer. How can Russia do this? What about China? How can they do this? How can they do this war? How can they uh, uh, prosecute these wars? Uh, how, can, how can China just decide to take Taiwan if they want to? Um, if that's what they want to do, well, that's what they're going to do. You can believe it. Uh, they'll dare us to stop them under the same nuclear threat. Putin has dared us to stop him. How do they do this? Well, they don't swap leaders out every four to eight years like we do. Uh, they're not democracies. Putin's working a 30-year plan, probably a 40-year plan. He's been in power since 1999, except for a brief respite around, what, uh, 2008, when he stepped down to prime minister from premier. Um, he was in the KGB when Gorbachev was premier, and Reagan told him to tear down this wall. He didn't like that. He's been working on a plan ever since, apparently. Um, Russia, China, their political structure can simply sit back and wait until conditions are right to take over the world. And if you don't think this is the Putin-Ping agenda, you are naive, to put it mildly. They don't like the West. They don't like free societies. They want our resources. They want our workforce. And they want it under the communist boot. China is buying everything they can from Russia. They've announced a no-limits partnership. China's providing the banking services to Russia that we denied them with sanctions while they send aid to the Ukraine. How about that shit? China is invading Taiwan airspace as we speak and making threats to the United States that are equal to the ones that Putin is making to anyone who interferes in the Ukraine. A nuclear threat from a more tyrannical regime than Putin's. Ain't that just peachy yes i'm sure they're doing these things because of the strength our leader in the white house exudes i'm sure that's why they waited in now until now to launch this campaign russia and china just sat back and waited until this moron was in the white house and america was the weakest she'd been in a century they just sat back and waited while america was trying to figure out what gender everybody was and thinking that unicorn pee and fairy dust and sanctions are going to solve our problems good times breed weak men 
soft men, not strong men that are used to adversity. And America has enjoyed good times for quite some time now. The nation is spoiled, and they're spoiled rotten. Uh, We have leaders that are not prepared for this. They don't have the mindset for it. They haven't even considered the scenario. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're as diabolical and delusional and evil as the madman invading Ukraine right now. I don't know, but I do know this. Putin needs to be stopped, and he needs to be stopped before he takes Kiev. Uh, If he takes the capital city, he's more likely than not going to execute the president and his family and the generals and uh, the Ukrainian Congress. Uh, There's 1.8 million refugees in the countries bordering the western Ukraine right now. Putin fired on people who were in human corridors simply trying to escape corridors that were set up for civilians to traverse in order to get to safety. He shelled them. Can you imagine? Hey, get your backpack. Come on. Let's go. No, you can't take that. You can't take that. You can't take your pictures. You can't take anything. You take the clothes you have on your back, a few bottles of water in that backpack, grab a pistol if you got one, and take that with you too because we're on the road. We're leaving our home with the clothes on our back and what we have in these backpacks, and we are heading somewhere else. We're leaving our, our, our sons, our fathers, our uncles, We're leaving anyone, any man between the age of 18 and 60 behind. Some people are leaving their pets behind. And just can you imagine waking up one day and having to do that? May God bless and keep the people of Ukraine. This is this is a travesty. And Putin needs to be held accountable in some kind of world court. And I again, I have no idea how to do that. So what do we do? What do we do? Europe and the U.S. need to put Putin's energy sector out of business. Well, maybe the U.S. started something today, but Europe's still buying, and so is a lot of the world, and China's never going to stop. Still not going to stop the atrocities, the war crimes, but at least we're not paying for the missiles or the bombs or the bullets. Here's a big problem, too. Putin, as I mentioned, has entered the realm of war crimes. He's entered the realm of crimes against humanity. Uh, People in the press talk about an off-ramp for him. What kind of off-ramp do you provide for this madman? What exactly did you have in mind to ease him out of war? There's no way out of this uh, for him except victory in Ukraine. He doesn't live in the United States. That's not his home. That's not how Russia does business. If he fails in the Ukraine, he's liable to be executed by his own people. But that's another story. Um, uh, If they're as pissed off about this as they demonstrate in their protest now, that's not uh, a very distant possibility. Um, If he's not executed, at least he could be turned over to some kind of world tribunal that's been put together to analyze what he's done and prosecute him for it. Um, uh, Neither of those sound too appetizing for him, I'm sure. So uh, victory in Ukraine is all that assures him this. And does that really assure him not being held accountable for these actions? Who knows what other things he feels like will need to happen 
to, to not be held accountable for these actions, to regain the stature that he wants for the old Soviet Union, for old Mother Russia, and again, to not be held accountable for these atrocities. He now has Ukraine under siege, literally. He's sitting outside of cities. He's lobbing in shells indiscriminately. He's targeting civilians. He does not care. Um, he's done this before. He's threatened to use tactical nuclear weapons in Ukraine. Tacti tactical nuclear weapons that are 33 times more powerful than the bomb that was dropped on Hiroshima or Nagasaki. 33 times more powerful, and these are tactical nuclear weapons weapons you can level the capital city of ukraine with one of those nukes you can probably level new york with one of those nukes um, um he's been shelling as i said uh corridors where civilians are just trying to get out he's threatened us all with the fiercest of retaliation if we interfere with his plans in the ukraine um uh, he's also put his nuclear forces on high alert the bully on the block has told us all he will take what he wants, and he's daring the world to do something about it. Um, instead of worrying about China on his southeastern flank, he now has China covering his southeastern flank, and so much more. <clears throat> China's giving, giving him the banking systems that we denied him of in, uh, in our sanctions. China's buying his oil from him, probably at discounted rates. And China's buying anything else they can from Russia. Uh, just to keep his economy afloat and provide him the support that old Ping thinks he needs. Uh, no one, especially me, has any appetite for nuclear war. I know you don't. Um, I certainly don't. Make no mistake about it what I speak here today. I have no appetite for nuclear war. I have no appetite to go into the Ukraine with air support, and, and uh, uh, I certainly don't want to go in there with ground troops. I don't want war. None of us do. Most of us have no appetite for any kind of war. But what are we to do here? Are we sacrificing the people of Ukraine just to see if that's where Putin stops? Are we really sacrificing 44 million people because we're scared to help them? That's more than the population of the state of California. Just a little bit more. Um, when China invades L.A., are we just going to sacrifice the state of California in the hopes that Ping won't invade Nevada or Arizona? I think not. I'm not sure this is what we need to be doing. Don't know what to do, but I'm not sure if this is it. Do you think Putin's going to stop in the Ukraine? 2022 is 1930 again, and Putin, I'm sorry, 2022 is 1939 again, and Putin is the new Hitler, except this little Nazi has nukes, and so do we, so does China. China's the new Japan. There you have it, a new axis of evil. Both of them superpowers, both of them communist countries, and both of them with enough nuclear warheads to blow us all to kingdom come three or four times over and both of them hate western civilization they hate capitalism they hate what we stand for they want us all under a communist boot uh i'm ashamed and embarrassed this week i am petrified at the prospect of nuclear war but i'm ashamed i'm stupefied at the fact that we're letting these people perish while defending their homeland from a nuclear bully i'm mortified that our best solution for them is sanctions while terror is raining down on these people from the sky. 
everything Biden has done for Ukraine has been too little and too late. Ukraine needs a no-fly zone. They need someone to help them vanquish their invaders. Putin has told us all he'll kill us all if we interfere. How long are we going to let him do this before we do something about it? Eventually, he's going to get somewhere where we're willing to fight for. I guess the question is, where is that? How many people are going to die before he crosses that line? According to NATO doctrine, Article 5 is automatic. Any invasion of a NATO country or armed assault of that country is considered an act of war against all of NATO, and NATO is required to respond in kind. Are we just going to sit and wait till he invades a NATO country like Poland? They share a border with Ukraine, and it staggers my imagination to think that border separates people worthy of saving from people not worthy of saving. Putin's a madman. Uh, he must be stopped. Are we actually going to sacrifice 44 million people just to see if he does? Everyone is asking what on earth we can do for these people in Ukraine without shooting down Russian aircraft. Well, you can't help the people of Ukraine without stopping this Russian onslaught. And that's probably going to require that you shoot down a Russian aircraft or two. Uh, take the Russians out of the sky. Take the air assault away from the Russians. Look at the way the Ukrainians are fighting the Russians. Take their air capabilities away. They don't have a chance. These people will fight them tooth and nail for their homes, and they'll win if you take air support away from the Russians. But we won't do it. Obviously, they won't do it. That's why there's, a no fly, there's not a no-fly zone. Uh, everyone's scratching their head, wondering what to do without really doing anything. NATO and the UN need to implement that no-fly zone. They need to do it now. The world needs to flex, not acquiesce to this bully. Um, you've already given him an inch. Now he's taking the mile, and he'll take the world right along with China if we don't stop him now right here in Ukraine. Russian people are protesting in record numbers. It would seem it were time for cooler heads to prevail in Moscow and do something about this crazy man masquerading as a world leader. The only Russians that want this course of action are a few of the high hardliners that are left over, like Vlad the Mad, and, and they've got to be far outnumbered by moderate Russian people who, who don't want this, who want peace. And the last thing they want is war and slaughtering their neighbors. Um, well, the president did finally speak right about now while I was, while I was working. So, uh, excuse me, um, he banned all, all import of Russian oil and energy effective today. Finally, finally. Of course, they're still selling it to Europe, as I said. They're selling it to China. So, Smokey Joe, you got to do something about that. Um, funny to me, too, that you cut the Keystone Pipeline, but you approved uh, and, and, and helped out uh, the progress of, of Nord Stream. But um, that's a Russian pipeline, and I guess, I guess that money to Hunter came in handy for that. So, uh, now you're sending weapons and supplies, uh, and, and while, while it's great, Again, it's a little too little. It's a little too late. Uh, uh, we knew this was coming. We had time to put up an Iron Dome missile shield, missile defense system in place before now, uh, Sleepy Joe. Um, you've been busy telling Putin what you wouldn't do, 
And Putin's been doing what he told you he was going to do all along. Uh, you're also being a little disingenuous, Mr. President. Uh, we're not producing more oil than we were under the Trump administration. As a matter of fact, we're producing a million and a half barrels a day, less than we were under the Trump administration. You can look it up. We import half of that from Russia now, that million and a half barrels a day, maybe a little more than half. We could easily ramp up production in this country to cover the uh, cover the losses from Russia right now. And it wouldn't cost us a dime. It would probably make the cost of gas go down. Uh, we actually import just under a million barrels a day from Russia. Stop blaming all the gas price increases on the war in Ukraine, Mr. President. It's a lie. It, disingenuous to say the least. Uh, gas in December of 2020, as I said earlier, was Two dollars a gallon. Gas this time in 2021 was about 265, 270 a gallon. You told the world you were launching a war on fossil fuels. What did you expect that to do to the cost of gasoline? What did you expect that to do to companies that were spending money to to uh, to look for new pockets of oil, cheaper sources of oil? What did you think that did to that research? Oh. Well, they're not doing it now because they don't know if they're going to be able to sell it in your green new world. Anyway, do you think announcing to the world that you want to replace gas stations with charging stations is going to make oil companies explore those 9,000 open leases you talked about today? Um, yeah, Joe, the oil companies are leaving those leases alone because they don't want to sell oil at $130 a barrel. That's why they're not drilling on that land. They had 37,000 leases a year ago. You shut them down as soon as you came into office. Now there's 9,000 left that aren't worth a shit anymore. And you're touting that in a press conference as if those companies ought to be spending billions drilling that land. Uh, your energy policies have driven up the cost of gas price, uh, the cost of gas since your first day in office. That's by your design. You know it. I know it. And most of the country knows it. You canceled oil leases on federal land. And by fiat, you made it nearly impossible for those 9000 leases you left out there to be explored and exploited. It's not profitable. Companies won't drill. And you know that. And you didn't want, you made it unprofitable on purpose. You don't want them to drill. You don't want drilling for oil to be profitable. Your policies are what made it unprofitable. Uh, you and the squad want to usher in the Green New Deal, and you can't think of a better way to do that, and neither can I, quite honestly, than $8 a gallon gasoline. Hmm. You want expensive energy costs. Obama told us in 2008 that our utility bills would necessarily double or triple. You and your family and your friends and your partners in Congress have been in bed with energy companies in Eastern Europe, Russia, and China for a decade or three. The only reason you shut down Russian energy today was because Pelosi, of all people, was going to pass a bill to do just that, and you didn't want Congress to upstage you. Uh, well, what does $5 a gallon gas mean for you and me? I tell you what it means for me it means about 80 bucks to fill up my tank. It was 55 tonight and that was only at 389, only at 389 for 87 octane I might add. Uh I've typically been spending 45 uh to 50 since gas went up. I had it down under 30 under the bad orange man's regime. But hey, 
that's another story. Uh, that also, well, that doubles the cost of everything to get where it needs to go, whether it travels on truck, rail, or ship. Commodities, durable goods, medical supplies, automobiles, everything. Get ready, people. It's going to be a bumpy ride, and everything's going to be expensive. Those million and a half barrels a day sure would come in handy right now. And do not let them use the war in Ukraine to tell you that's why gas prices are going up. Don't let them use that excuse. They're going to go up because we shut down Russian oil, but the supply is still out there. We can produce it ourselves, and it's been on the way up since Biden took office. Don't let them sell you that shit. Um, um, don't let them use use this to move at warp speed into the Green New Deal. We're not ready for it. Um, I'm not sure we'll ever be ready to get away from fossil fuels entirely. Uh, commercial jets would normally be the first obstacle I think of in our path there. Uh, but right now, the first thing that comes to mind is tanks and trucks and buses to move troops. I think Elon Musk is good, but I don't think he's got us a big old battery for a tank yet. Uh, jet fuel, jet fuel for fighters and bombers. That's what I'm thinking about right now. Uh, gas powered vehicles for their reliability, their durability, and, uh, their mobility and their range, um, their endurance right now. Electric cars are fueled by what unicorn pee and fairy dust. Nope. They're fueled by coal. Now I know. You can throw some solar in there and you can throw some wind in there because we've replaced some coal-fired plants with solar and wind. I think the penetration may be 40% here in Texas. I'm not sure about that, so don't quote me on it. But we saw how that worked out a couple years ago in the ice storm. Uh, No power for five days. Uh, uh, Folks weren't even plugging in cars back then either. So imagine everybody on the block plugging in their their coal burner and, and, and expecting it to charge. Um, charging infrastructure isn't there yet either, obviously. Um, uh, these cars do have some limitation where range is concerned and things like that. Uh, how long it takes to get to a full charge. Um, I've heard anywhere from two hours, two and a half hours, all the way down to 30 minutes to get a full charge in a Tesla. Now, I don't know. I don't have one, never had one. Um, somebody leave a comment. Uh, on the on the on the show and and let me know if i'm i'm wrong i i thought it was about two hours but jack and my wife tell me oh no you can do it in about 30 minutes so uh anyway there's still not enough charging stations there um uh and from what i understand some of the charging stations people are complaining they're poorly lit and and hard to find um the investment for these charging stations where's it going to come from uh we can produce coal cleaner than anyone else in the world When it comes to drilling for oil and oil production, again, America leads the pack in clean or cleaner production, more environmentally uh, friendly techniques and and processes. Um, You want to talk about pollution? Go down to Venezuela. See how they produce oil. It's nasty. Uh, It's not anywhere close to environmentally friendly. If you need oil, you need the United States producing it. It's good for the world. Um, excuse me it is better for the world we produce oil um, cleaner more efficiently than most other places on the planet we do the same thing with natural gas 
excuse me, most of our energy production is cleaner than most other places on the planet. You really do want us producing it rather than somebody like Venezuela or Iran. Uh, certainly, Iran's going to use it for use the money gained from that for nefarious purposes. Um, anyway, Poland, as I said earlier, has offered MiG twenty nines to uh, uh, to the Ukraine. However, they want to get them to Ramstein. Uh, they want us to send them to them. Um, what happens when one of these shoots down uh, a Russian fighter? Putin can just change his mind. He makes up the rules as he goes along. Anyway. anyway and um, <clears throat> uh, he'll just change his mind and say, well, that was in some kind of infraction. Um, listening to the talking heads on the television today as I was, I was just about to walk out the door. <clears throat> Excuse me, we're about to close, so my throat's just about to go. Um, but... The talking heads, they're scared to death about provoking this madman, and I am too. Um, I get it. I really do get it. But what are we prepared to do to stop this craziness? Um, no one wants to go with, to war with Russia, most especially me. Uh, Putin is demonstrating that we have to do something about this, though. Um, Biden has no relationship with Putin whatsoever. Um that's why there's been no diplomatic efforts on the part of the U.S. to try to stop this. We have no diplomatic relationship with Russia at present. A geopolitical foe that size, and we have no diplomatic relationship with them. It's pathetic. Um, Putin is shelling civilians. He's openly attacking avenues of escape for Ukrainian citizens. Um, they're not soldiers. They're not fighting men. They're civilians. They're Ukrainian citizens just trying to get out of the country. It's horrible. It would be horrible for the United States to enter this conflict as well. The thought of entering that conflict is abhorrent in and of itself. But what are we about? Are we content to let the bully wipe these people from the face of the earth? Nobody wants this. But how many souls will it take? What border crossing will unleash hell on Putin? I heard arguments that we were being manipulated into joining this, into joining the conflict here. Um, while that may be true on the part of Poland with those MIGs and stuff, I think they're playing games. I'm not sure they're manipulating to try to get us into the war, but there's some manipulation going on there to be sure. Anyway, that excuse, it's kind of a cop-out not to get involved, in my opinion. Um, you can threaten to call me a warmonger all you want, but it's, it, it doesn't make it so. I perish the thought of war, any war, especially a nuclear war, but any war is terrible. All war is bad. But how many people are going to die before we decide we need to escalate to de-escalate? Um, they used to use that as a catchphrase. I stole it from the news today. They were talking about Putin using a tactical nuclear weapon in his escalation to de-escalate the situation in Ukraine. Um, <coughs> as if lighting off a 30 megaton tactical nuke in Kiev wouldn't start World War III in and of itself. I, I, I can't imagine that. 
Putin can't have a former Soviet state embracing the West and thriving in the process. And that's what you had in the Ukraine until he started poking around with it. Putin's not going to settle for anything less than a more powerful reconstituted Soviet Union, and he's not going to settle for the hierarchy left over from World War II. He hates that. He wants the Soviet Union to be the world leader and for democracy to be a thing of the past. All things owned by the state, all things controlled by the state, including your very lives, no private property rights, no privacy rights, communism, full tilt. You don't want it. I assure you, you need to stop this madman before he teams up with China and they try to make us all live it. Um, that's a Putin world, a Putin ping world. You don't want anything to do with it. That's going to do it for this episode of The Storm. Um, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I certainly enjoy the process of getting it into your cars or your kitchens, on your morning jog, or out with your evening stogie. Uh, Be sure to follow the channel on Rumble. Be sure to follow the page on Facebook. Be sure to follow us on Spotify as well. Give us a rumble. Give us a like. Leave us a comment or three. Um... Most importantly, share it with your friends and tell them to steer into the storm. Uh, Until I see you next time, remember to pray for the people of Ukraine. May God bless and keep those brave warriors. Stay vigilant, folks. Until I see you next time in the storm.